Okay, all right. So we're gonna start the stream. No further ado, we're gonna get into these stories. All right, let's get it. Ball Talk Radio, live and uncensored. Let's go. First one up. Oklahoma caught in 4K. And they say America is not a racist country. Stitt is calling for the resignation of several local officials following an audio recording of them allegedly reminiscing about lynching, among other hateful conversations. According to the McCurtain Gazette News, a reporter left his tape recorder behind after a local meeting when he suspected officials were discussing county business after the public had left. NBC News has not verified the audio, nor have we received comment from those allegedly involved. But in the clips, it appears the officials were talking about plans to beat, kill, and hide the bodies of that same local reporter and his father, making barbecue jokes about a local woman who died in a recent house fire and complaining that they could no longer lynch black people. A warning that what you're about to hear is both disturbing and offensive. Realized, like your job, I heard, I heard the other day, said, I heard 10 or 12 people go to the sheriff. I said, let's get 20. They don't have a clue what they're getting into. Oh, yeah. Not this day and age. It's a, but, but everybody. I'm going to tell you something. If it was back in the day, would they, like, when Alan take a damn blackjack, whoop their ass and throw them in the cell, I'd run for the sheriff. Yeah. Well, it's not like that no more. I know. <laughs> take them down here on Mud Creek and hang them up with the damn rope. Joining me now from Tulsa is anchor at our KJRH affiliate, Aaron Christie. Aaron, thank you very much. Um, so this conversation, we started with him talking about multiple people. Those are people who were talking about running for sheriff in the county. That's why he's saying, yeah, bring 10, 20 more and they can figure out how hard it is to do the job. That's when he goes on to say the defensive stuff. Exactly. Yes. And thank you so much for having me on today. The community obviously horrified their outrage, especially about those comments about lynching and hiring hitmen. However, there is also a lot of people out there who aren't shocked about this because they've been reading a lot of articles that have been running in the paper. And they're grateful that it was this article that finally got a larger media presence on the situation going on in McCurtain County. So what is happening in McCurtain County? Why are these officials talking like that? So the McCurtain Gazette has been, they're an independent local newspaper. They have zero online presence, and this is a very rural area. But they are not like a community-based paper where you think of festivals. This is an investigative unit. So they put together an eight-part piece, and they have had multiple claims of corruption within the sheriff's office, uh, questionable promotions, improper investigations, and it was angering the sheriff's office and the reporter Chris Willingham filed a defamation lawsuit because after those articles appeared according to this lawsuit Alicia Manning one of the people in the recording retaliated by telling a third party via teleconference that the reporter was exchanging weed for child pornography hmm. so he has filed a slander lawsuit against them and that is when 
they were in that commissioner's meeting talking about uh, hiring potentially hitmen to kill the publisher in the report. Well, let me play that audio. We have that. Yeah, but the thing of it is, you know. We actually told the truth. I've known know two or three hitmen that were very quiet guys. Yeah. And would cut no mercy. Yeah. In Louisiana. Because it's all mafia random. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but here's the reality. It's a hair on his wife's head, for Slimham's head, or any of those people that really were behind all that, if the hair on their head got touched by anybody, who who would be the bad guys? Yeah. yeah. They also talk about two big deep holes. They're pre-dug holes that they have. Um, the governor is calling for their resignation. What's the word from these officials? We were out there yesterday. We have not been able to uh, speak directly to any of the people in the recording. However, Sheriff Kevin Clarity responded on Facebook last night. He's indicating he believes the recordings have not been authenticated. He's investigating those now, and he says they were illegally obtained. He made no statements regarding the topics discussed or the recording. Illegally obtained. You just heard you, you got people within you know, Oklahoma's government wanting to kill people, plot to kill people, and you worrying about how it was obtained. Wow. Or any indication that he or anyone else plans to resign. They've not, uh, so what happens with that yeah. is yet to be said. They've not been authenticated, but also they were illegally obtained. Those statements appear to be in conflict with each other. Um, Aaron Christie, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. This, this is the type of world we live in, man. This is the type of world that we live in. Okay. You, then you got, you know, um, you have these clowns trying to work to have guns banned. No, no, no. You better make sure you have those guns. You better make sure you have those guns. Because some of these criminals aren't going to be the ones that are thugs. These criminals are going to be the ones that uh have a badge and they say they the, the county sheriff all right got to be careful make sure you have your guns these are the types of people that are hired to uh take a take an oath to work for the government All right, because things are getting from bad to worse.
having a little bit of a delay right now. Hold on a minute. Please be patient. Kansas City, Missouri tonight, an 85-year-old white man has just been charged in the shooting of a black teenager who rang his doorbell by mistake. It follows a weekend of protests over the shooting. Maggie Vespa joins us live now. Maggie, what charges does he face? Lester prosecutors in Clay County say 85-year-old Andrew Lester faces one count of assault in the first degree and one count of armed criminal action. And they add there was a, quote, racial component in this shooting of a teenage boy who family says made a simple mistake and went to the wrong home. Tonight, after days of protests demanding justice, the Kansas City homeowner, who families say shot 16-year-old Ralph Yarrell twice for ringing the wrong doorbell, faces criminal charges. I can assure you that the criminal sus justice system is working and will continue to work. As with any serious case, we approached this one in an objective and impartial manner. And he has the times where it's like, why? I did nothing wrong. Why? Dr. Faith Spoonmore says her nephew was trying to pick up his younger twin brothers from a friend's house Thursday night when he mistakenly went to the wrong home. Civil rights attorney Lee Merritt says Ralph rang the doorbell and waited. And he was confronted by a man who told him, don't come back around here. And then he immediately fired his weapon, uh, striking uh, Mr. Yarl in the, in the head. He went to the ground and then he was shot a second time. Merritt adding Ralph was able to run for help after being shot and says Ralph knocked on multiple doors before a neighbor answered and ordered the boy to lie on the ground and put his hands up. Ralph decided to comply and essentially lose consciousness after that, uh, which is what allowed him to get medical treatment. The shooting sparking outrage on social media, Hollywood heavyweights like Viola Davis and Halle Berry demanding charges. Fueling that fury, police taking the homeowner into custody and 24 hours later, they say, releasing them without charges. Prosecutors now say the charges followed a thorough review of the case police put together. As the prosecutor Clay County, I can tell you there was a racial component to the case. They add the oh, you think? You think? Black people, please, you know, be careful. Um, you know, picking up your kids or sending your children to go, 16-year-olds to go pick up um, their siblings, especially at night. Come in the car, knock on the door. All right, make sure you get the right address because these... These racist animals, okay, are going to use any excuse to do evil, okay? And the clown conservatives don't have your back, okay? We're in some dangerous times here. Please get self-defense, all right? We're in very harsh times. And these monsters are, take, are just taking advantage any way they can, especially using their old age. All right.
Felony charges filed against Andrew Lester carry a potential sentence of up to life in prison. A warrant issued immediately for the 85-year-old's arrest. It's been my goal from the very beginning to get justice for the child involved in the case. Tonight, the family says Ralph, a marching band standout with dreams of studying chemical engineering, is healing. He's alive. I think that's the biggest message that I want people to remember is that he is alive. Prosecutors in Kansas City said today they also did not pursue hate crime charges because in this case, under Missouri law, they say those charges would have come with a shorter sentence. And then also new tonight, Ralph Yarl's family attorney says the team today spoke to President Biden, who invited him to the White House and told him we are all waiting to see justice in your case. Don't trust Biden at all. When it came to Tyree Nichols case, he called um, Tyree Nichols Tyler to Tyree Nichols mother. That's to show you how much Biden respects black people. Okay, just being very honest here. Kansas City, Missouri, 84-year-old man surrendered to law enforcement following the shooting of Kansas City teen Ralph Yarl. The Clay County Sheriff's Office confirmed to Fox 4 that Andrew Lester surrendered at the Clay County Detention Center on Tuesday afternoon. By Tuesday afternoon, he has posted his $200,000 bond at 10% and was released from custody. Under the conditions of his release, he's not allowed to possess weapons of any type or have any contact with the Yarl or his family. Lester has been charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action in the shooting of a 16-year-old. Kansas City police say on April 13th, Yarl intended to pick up his younger brothers at a home on Northeast 115th Terrence, but mistakenly went to the house on Northeast 115th Street. When he arrived at the home and rang the doorbell, Lester shot Yarl. Court documents said, records say Lester shot then the team twice, once on top of his left eye and a second time in his upper right arm. Wow, the pain. Yarl's mother, Cleo Nagevi, said one of the bullets remained in Ralph's temple for 12 hours before it could be removed. Court documents say Lester fired through a glass door and Yarl did not enter the home. According to the court documents, Yarl said Lester told them don't come around here following the shooting. As prosecutor of the Clay County, I can tell you it was a racial component. Clay County prosecutor Zachary Thompson said Monday, prosecutor said Lester used a 32 cat revolver, but did not have any information on if the gun was registered or not. The night of the shooting, Lester was taken to the police custody for questioning and then released. Police said the investigation called for more work than they could complete during the 24-hour holding period. Yarl's family said the 16-year-old was released from the hospital Monday. Yarl's mother said he's only, he's only home because of the medical experts in their family who are supporting him. So, wow. I hope he heals, and I hope he sues. Okay.
That's all I can say. Say about this. That's all I can say. This this is despicable, and it shows how evil people can be. That's all it shows. So you heard about the uh, National Guardsmen who leaked information, uh, Pentagon secrets. Well, I don't know what it is with National Guardsmen, but they're going to have to step up their uh, standards. They're going to have to raise their standards on the recruiting because you have another one just making them look bad. Here we go with this one now. has been arrested and charged after allegedly trying to get a a Tennessee Air National Guardsman has been arrested and charged after allegedly trying to get a job as a hitman and the website he tried using rentahitman.com the site boasts glowing testimonials plus a quick and easy hitman job application page to join one of the quote world's best problem resolution organizations but the site is all a parody apparently lost on 21-year-old Josiah Ernesto Garcia. According to the criminal complaint, in early February, Garcia submitted a resume and identification documents saying he was, quote, an expert marksman and earned the nickname Reaper. Just days later, the complaint says Garcia sent another email to the rentahitman.com site writing, quote, I'm looking for a job that pays well related to my military experience, shooting and killing the marked target so I can support my kid on the way, adding, Put me in, coach. The complaint says the website's owner contacted the FBI and then an undercover agent reached out to Garcia, acting as a, quote, recruiter for Rent-A-Hitman. Court documents go on to say when he was asked if he was comfortable with taking fingers or ears as trophies or performing torture at a client's request, his response was, if it's possible and in my means to do so, I'm more than capable. The complaint alleges the undercover agent gave Garcia multiple chances to walk away. Former FBI agent David Shapiro says presenting opportunities to back out can make defending against such allegations more difficult. And I think that's where, based on what I've seen, where his defense would be lacking. I mean, he goes out of his way, it seems, to demonstrate that he's eager. The complaint also alleges Garcia agreed to assassinate a mark for $5,000, receiving half of the money and asking if he needed to take a photo of the dead body as proof that the job was complete. At that point, FBI agents arrested Garcia. He's now charged with use of interstate commerce facilities in the commission of a murder for hire. We've been unable to reach his family for comment, but he could face up to 10 years in prison. Sending out enough solicitations, somebody will fall for it. Uh, but then again, on the other hand, I'm reminded of what uh, the comic Ron White said, you can't fix stupid. All right, on that point, Stephen Romo joins us now. Stephen, so even though it's a joke website, apparently a lot of people fall for this. Yeah, the incredible thing about this, Thomas, it's pretty obviously a joke. It has things like senior discounts mentioned on there and industry awards for hitmen. Clearly a joke, but the site owner says about 175 people each and every month from all over the world contact him thinking it's the real thing. Of course, most of those cases don't reach anything to where this one. 175 people a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Stephen, thanks for that. That is just dumb. I Like I said, you guys got to raise the standards or make it a little bit like you like there's certain restrictions that you can't have, like no Internet. Um, 
because that that's just dumb. I mean, how could you be that stupid? Like I said, how much are they paying these people? How much do you pay these National Guardsmen that they are making dumb mistakes like this? Okay. That has to be the issue here. All right. So let me see here. All right. Hold up. second so let's see um e7 459 what e6 397 e5 364 what years of service that's that's what I first wrote was under two years. Over four years is $546, What? What? I mean, what type of crap is this? Wow. You might as well just work at McDonald's. Oh, I want to go to... This this is sad, man. This is sad. Oh, oh man. Yikes. They're not getting paid squat. Going to the military is a joke. Wow. Well, he screwed over his life. That's that's 10 years of his life down the drain. Okay. 10 years of his life. Can't believe that sucker. All right. But Ukraine is this the, the stories of uh, <laughs> people taking in Ukrainian refugees. The story is hilarious, man. It is hilarious. Okay, hold on one minute. Okay. Brits who took in Ukrainian refugees demand tougher background checks after falling victim to fraud and theft. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. This, this is crazy. A number of Brits who opened their homes to Ukrainian refugees are calling for tougher background checks after allegedly falling victim to fraud and theft at the hands of their guests. Hosts of host fear for a small minority 
are taking advantage of the British welfare system by claiming universal credit and other credits, other benefits, despite many being wealthy in their own right with claims they are splashing out on shop.
That is the thing. Okay. Now to know about Alvin Bragg and his many other stunts turning New York City into Gotham. That's what he's literally doing. Also the mother of a homicide victim. My son, Sergeant Hassan Korea, Afghanistan war retired veteran, was killed in Harlem in 2018. Hassan was kicked, punched, stomped, and stabbed nine times by four individuals he did not know, nor had he done them any harm. All four of these individuals were apprehended, and all four charged with first-degree gang assault and second-degree murder. This case just resolved this year. So this case drug on. Through the Manhattan criminal court system for four and a half years. When Alvin Bragg came into office, he was held, he was handed a strong trial ready murder case and gang assault case against all four of these individuals where this brutal, savage homicide was captured on video. He was handed a strong trial ready case, ready to go to trial. As soon as he took office, the case immediately began to unravel. He dismissed, completely dismissed, gang assault and murder indictments against two of the defendants clearly on video participating in the brutal savage slaughter of my son. Mary Saunders, the sister involved in the homicide. He dismissed her indictment and recharged her with assault with a shoe and sentenced her to one year time served. Travis Stewart dismissed his gang assault and murder indictment and sentenced him to attempted gang assault. And he pled guilty and sentenced him to seven years. Travis will be out in the next 18 months. Mary Saunders, the savage, is currently walking the streets of Harlem like she didn't just participate in the, in the brutal slaughter of another human being. Home with her family, home with her children. If that's not a threat, uh, if that's not a threat to public safety, I don't know what. You got to get Alvin Bragg out of office. There has the people have to stand up, rally. I don't know what it's going to take but they got to get him out of office. This man was going to send a bodega owner, okay, to jail, for, to prison, because he defended himself against a guy who was trying to kill him. All right? This guy wanted to be tough and defend his baby mother because, not his baby mother, his girlfriend, right? The girlfriend puts the card in the bodega to try and purchase something. The card declined, so she had to leave. She goes and tries and gets her boyfriend to fight the bodega owner. The bodega owner is an old man, so 
when that boyfriend was fighting the bodega owner, he picked up a knife and he stabbed the attacker. Alvin Bragg wanted to prosecute that guy and send him to jail. This is New York City. This is where I this is where I'm at. Okay. This is the crap that I have to go through living in a blue state. Okay. New York City woman whose son was killed testified at House Judiciary Committee Committee Field hearing addressing victims of the crime of violent crime in Manhattan. Okay. Okay, hold on a minute. So this is a um this is a tragedy. And she has to deal with this. She lost a son. I don't know what it's like to lose a child. And I hope never have to deal with that. But then you have you trying to get justice and the judge presiding over your case lets your child's killers go free. If that ain't a miscarriage of justice, I don't know what is. I really don't. Okay. We're going to go on with the next story. We're going to go on to uh, Biden and how he's making, <sighs> how he's making the citizens foot the bill <laughs> for illegal immigrants, for migrants. Biden says he's expanding some migrants' health care access. Okay. President Joe Biden announced Thursday that hundreds of thousands of migrants, immigrants, brought to the U.S. illegally as children will be able to apply for Medicaid and the Affordable Care Act's health insurance exchanges. The action will allow participants in the Obama-era Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA, to access government-funded health issue programs. They are American in every way except for on paper. Biden said in a video released on his Twitter page, we need to give dreamers the opportunity and support they deserve. The action is likely to generate significant pushback from conservative leaders of states that have been reluctant to expand Medicaid and critical of the Biden administration's response to migrants who entered the U.S. illegally while the federal government provides funding and guidelines for Medicaid. The program is administered by the states. The then President Barack Obama launched the 2012 DACA initiative to shield from deportation immigrants who are brought to the U.S. illegally by their parents as children and to allow them to work legally in the country. However, the immigrants known as DREAMers were still ineligible for government-subsidized health insurance programs because they did not meet the definition of having lawful presence in the U.S. Biden's Department of Health and Human Services will aim to change that by the end of the, end of the month. 
Why have them here if they can't get citizenship? Why not send them back? The White House actions comes to the as the DACA program is in legal peril and the number of people eligible eligible is shrinking. An estimated 580,000 people were still enrolled in the DACA at the end of last year, according to U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. That number is down from previous years. Court orders currently prevent the U.S. Department of Homeland Security from processing new applicants. The DACA program has been marred in legal challenges for years, while Congress has been unable to reach consensus on broader immigration reforms. Documents can work legally and must pay taxes, but they don't have full legal status and are denied many benefits, including access to federally funded health insurance available to U.S. citizens and foreign foreigners living in the U.S. Palma Boron, 26, a DACA recipient originally from Brazil and a small business owner in Orlando, Florida, where she grew up, said the announcement was a huge sigh of relief. Bohood said she began her business in 2021 after losing a job with Walt Disney Company in 2020 amid the COVID-19 pandemic. But being self-employed meant that she had to pay $500 a month for private insurance following her health, health scare last year. The, this past year, I have really been scrambling to just get all my doctor's appointments. And Bohood said, any doctor visits do everything that I could possibly can because prior to today's announcement, I could... I really couldn't afford to keep it any more than the year I have had it. During the COVID-19 pandemic, many people signed up for Medicaid, the program that provides health care coverage for the poorest Americans, and the government increased federal subsidies to drive down the cost of insurance plans on the Affordable Care Act's marketplace. As of last year, just 8% of the Americans were without insurance, health insurance, according to the Health and Human Services. But immigrants living in the U.S. without documentation are far more likely than others to not have health insurance. More than a third of DACA recipients are estimated to be without health care coverage, HSS said. About half of them, roughly 200 million immigrants who are living in the U.S. without documentation are in, uninsured, according to their research from the Kaiser Family Foundation. My issue here is you're bringing all these people here, and they're still not um legal um legalized immigrants they're still not u.s citizens he's really trying to get that vote that's what i see what he's trying to do all right he's trying to get that vote any means necessary that's what's coming up all right so let's talk about the uh this story right here This is wild right here, though. This story is insanely wild. Let's get into it. Okay. Satellite phone store. Go to sat one two three dot. How these bivy sticks are be contaminated with heavy for JP Morgan with respect to the sex trafficking and the money laundering that Epstein was doing in the sections. Liz, it's great to see you. Good to see you too, Anne. Welcome back to Florida. Now you're here permanently. This is great. 
Yeah, the Sunshine State. No complaints. Well, listen, um, you have been doing some diving diving on this Epstein story for a long time. Everybody knows they've been following your work. The Epstein boomerang is back in flight. And uh, this time, recently, the banks seem to be the uh, target for some of Epstein's money moving. And, of course, they have questions. Uh, The Virgin Islands particularly has a lot of questions for J.P. Morgan with respect to the sex trafficking and the money that Epstein was doing and the money that he took in from some of these billionaires that were affiliated uh, with Epstein. So let's start with why the U.S. Virgin Islands has decided to uh, sue uh, not only uh, you know J.P. Morgan, but why are they going ahead and subpoenaing several billionaires closely tied to Epstein? What's all this about? Okay, so why don't, let's start with why they are suing. So basically what the Virgin Islands is claiming is that the, is that Jeffrey Epstein was using JP Morgan as his main bank and his bank accounts were used for his sex trafficking operation. And they claim that JP Morgan not only knew about it, but they basically helped him cover it up. So in response, J, uh, the Virgin Islands filed a complaint against JP Morgan back last year, late last year. And as this continues to move forward, we're starting to see to see more and more information because certain documents are starting to be unsealed, number one. Number two, what broke last week is that JP or the Virgin Islands has subpoenaed four wealthy men, three of them are billionaires, in their lawsuit against JP. P. Morgan in regards to Jeffrey Epstein. So those wealthy individuals would be um, the Hyatt Hotel chairman, Tom Pritzker, the Google co-founder, Sergey, is it Sergey Brin? Sergey mm-hmm. Brin. Um, real estate investor, Mark Zuckerman. And then the, the co-founder of CAA, which is the Creative Arts Agency, which is the big talent agency in Hollywood, and also former Disney executive, Michael Ovitz. Okay, so let's zero in on one particular gentleman, somebody that you had told me you really wanted to do a dive on, Tom Pritzker. He's part of the Pritzker family. Uh, they are pretty right. notorious up in Illinois. He's also right. a philanthropist. He and his wife have given to several different charities. Uh, you know, One of them I found very interesting, rare charity. Uh, that, uh, you know, spends a lot of time on trying to make the world a better place. Of course, they're concerned about climate change and, and uh, quality of living and people, you know, just the usual stuff. It seems very common for all these super wealthy people to have these charities that do all this, supposedly do all this good stuff. But it seems to be always the opposite we learn when you start really digging under the hood. So who is Tom Pritzker? Well, to, to start with the whole family as a whole, the majority of the family is very far left wing. And they have used a lot of their money and their philanthropic efforts to push transgenderism. So that's kind of interesting because that's a very hot topic in the news right now. They're also major donors to the Democratic Party. And actually, Tom Pritzker himself, via the Pritzker group, was one of the biggest donors or was the biggest donor, I believe, or maybe the second biggest donor to Hillary Clinton's campaign back in 2016. So they're a super elite family and they're a super liberal family. Um, so Tom Pritzker, who is the man that subpoenaed, he's one of the, the wealthy men that subpoenaed 
in this case involving Epstein, um, he, the reason why he's interesting is because Tom Pritzker has a history with Epstein. And this information is openly available, including in some mainstream media outlets. And it's just kind of wild for me to see all these mainstream media outlets reporting on how these famous billionaires have been subpoenaed, but no one's mentioning the fact that Tom Pritzker has a history of being aligned not only with Jeffrey Epstein, he was actually cited in another lawsuit where Virginia Jufre, who was a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, claimed that she was forced to have sex with Tom Pritzker. And so if we are to believe Regina Frey, if she is telling the truth, which I have no reason not to believe her, that would at best make Tom Pritzker a criminal accomplice in Jeffrey Epstein's child sex trafficking enterprise. And again, to go back to the mainstream media, you know, I'm reading all these mainstream media articles about this case. All of these articles make notes, oh, you know, we don't know why they'd be subpoenaed. Well, do you think maybe it has something to do with the allegations that were brought against Tom Pritzker? Um, do you think maybe it has something to do with the fact that he also was on the flight logs for the Lolita Express? Do you think it also might have something to do with the fact that not only was he in Jeffrey Epstein's black book, which by the way, many people were, and just because you were in his black book does not mean that you were right. part of the criminal activity. I have people on my phone that I've once texted. However, what's interesting about Pritzker is that in Jeffrey Epstein's book, not only Epstein have at least a dozen phone numbers for him, including an emergency number, he literally listed him as numero uno. That was his nickname. And that's that's in Spanish and translated into English. We know that numero uno means number one. Right. So what does that mean? What was Epstein trying to tell us? Is is Pritzker his own guy? Is he his number one? possibly his number one client, possibly a co-conspirator. Um, so, you know, it's just stunning to me that there's all this information that's open source that shows these ties and allegations against mm -hmm. Pritzker. And, and the whole mainstream media is just kind of like, la, 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 you know, acting like they don't know why someone like him could have been subpoenaed. It's crazy. So it will obviously this is this story has been going on for far too long and you have done an amazing job of keeping right. it in the news that epstein boomerang really has your face on it as it's coming back in lopping people's heads off frankly but when you look at some of the other things pritzker is involved in right now we're starting to really understand and unpack this whole money laundering operation that has been pervasive in every aspect of government here in the country mm -hmm. and around the world and you know, we've been learning a lot of different ways they've been laundering money through mortgage fraud, through insurance fraud, um, perhaps maybe it's even art fraud, right? Where you're 
saying a piece is worth, you know, $500,000 when in fact it's really only worth 50 cents on a good day, but people are paying, you know, exorbitant fees like, oh, Hunter Biden's art, right? And one of the right. areas that Pritzker and his wife uh, were very involved in, he was past chairman, is the Art, Cent uh, art Institute of Chicago. Um, I'm just curious if he was, if, this is a hypothetical, if he was laundering money through art, would any of his bank accounts at J.P. Morgan be dedicated into that area, or was his affiliation with J.P. Morgan and the banking his banking relationship? Do you know anything more specific about no, his arrangement? We, we, we don't know anything more like specific in terms, you know, and you know their interest in these people could just be that they do have evidence of Epstein's crimes and weren't necessarily involved in those crimes. Um, however, if you actually read the original complaint filed by the Virgin Islands, if you look at the language that they talk about in the complaint, they talk about, they constantly mention co-conspirators in the trafficking ring. They constantly mention individuals who participated in either directly or indirectly and conspired with him in a pattern of criminal activity related to the sex trafficking. And then the suit also mentions that basically Epstein brought high profile clients. This is what they allege. Epstein brought high profile clients to JP Morgan in exchange for them turning a blind eye to his criminal activity. So some of these people maybe weren't part of Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile ring, but maybe Jeffrey Epstein used them to bring them as clients to JP Morgan. So JP Morgan then in effect would continue turning a blind eye to his criminal activity as the Virgin Islands is alleging in the suits. Okay. So we, we know Epstein had an island. His island was down there in the Virgin Islands. Epstein Island right. was, you know, down there, but right. As far as uh, Virginia Giuffre, when was this um, alleged incident or alleged sexual affair or rape, whatever you want to call it, with um, with uh, Pritzker? When did that happen? Well, yeah. Okay, so she actually, so she actually named off a bunch of different names in a lawsuit that was filed in 2015. So, and and these names are part of the court records so, so i guess what i'm saying is is that they're not necessary the whole lawsuit hasn't been unsealed so i'm only seeing bits and pieces of it right right so the, some of these names are mentioned in footnotes and motions and in different filings that are not necessarily in the original filing right so what happened is in 2015 virginia jufre filed a lawsuit actually against galaine maxwell because Ghislaine Maxwell basically called Virginia Giuffre a liar for statements that she was making in media and whatnot. So yeah. she filed this lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell that actually since has been settled. However, the Miami Herald and other news organizations then filed a lawsuit to get these records unsealed. And they started unsealing these records in 2019. And in 2019, that's when a bunch of these names that Jufre claims um, of people that Jufre claims she was forced to have sex with were revealed. And one of them was Tom Pritzker and there was other high profile individuals that were named. Mm -hmm. 
So that was back in 2019. We'll fast forward to last November, okay, of 2022. Mm -hmm. That judge agreed to unseal more court records despite Pritzker and many other John Doe's objecting to further unsealing. Ooh. And in in so when that happens, um the media reported that when those records are unsealed and they haven't been unsealed yet, there's going to be more disclosure of eight other or eight individuals including Tom Pritzker. And we don't know who, the, who those people are. And we don't know when that's going to come out. I've read various reports, some saying, some said that in a few weeks it would come out and clearly it wasn't a few weeks because it still has to come out. And then, you know, some reports have said it's going to come out in months. And so we don't know when those are going to come out. So, um, so, so the stuff with Pritzker, the allegations with Jufre against Pritzker stems from the 2015 lawsuit that she filed okay. against Elaine Maxwell. The exact dates of when she claimed she was forced to have sex with each of these individuals, I have not been able to find that in those court records. So I don't know. And okay. I don't know if she would have been a minor at the time or not. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We come back more with the intrepid Lincoln and this entire Epstein boomerang, because as you know, suppression, that's why every Every purchase you make at brighteonstore.com to, to be pedophiles. Some have been alleged to be associated with pedophiles, and some just have a unique relationship with pedophiles like Jeffrey Epstein. We're going to uh, segue from our last discussion where we were going down on the uh, J.P. Morgan relationship with uh, Mr. Pritzker and his uh, relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And we're going to move into another billionaire, Michael Ovitz and his relationship right. in the Hollywood sphere, which of course we're gonna segue into Disney and uh, CAA, of course, as well. These are all the people in the Hollywood business, which of course, like Harvey Weinstein, we know the casting couch right. is real. So right. uh, Liz, where do you wanna start with this Michael Ovitz? He's one of the other billionaires well, who's been subpoenaed. Right, now there's not much that's publicly available that can tie him directly to Jeffrey Epstein, but when I look at his background, it's interesting because he was one of the co-founders of CA, which is the Creative Arts or the Creative Artist Agency, which is, you know, so I worked in Hollywood, and that's like, oh, you hear CA, and you know, that's known as one of the biggest, most popular talent agencies, you know, in the world, and that's, I mean, it kind of it used to be the one that everyone wanted to be a part of until they had all these problems and scandals. But anyways, he was one of the co-founders of it, but he left years ago. So before any of these big scandals broke, exposing how they allegedly, you know, covered up for Harvey Weinstein, then they had all these internal um, sexual harassment and sexual assault problems. Um, he was gone before any of that happened. But I, I do find it interesting that he was a co-founder of CAA, which has been plagued with scandals. And as many people know, Rose McGowan has been very vocal against CAA. She actually called them pimps for Harvey Weinstein. And after she started exposing Harvey Weinstein, she claimed she was blacklisted by CAA. So, so I do find that a little interesting. And I also talked in the past about, I do believe CAA was behind the Time's Up and the Me Too movement. And it's, it's my strong personal belief that that was created as a distraction to, oh, look over here at, you know, mm -hmm. you know, these like sexual assault allegations, but 
don't look over here at Hillary Clinton. Don't, don't look over here at Epstein. Don't look over here at Pizzagate. That was all like a manufactured psyop, in my opinion. Right. So, you know, so when I hear CAA and he was a co-founder of CAA, I'm like, hmm, oh, that's interesting because of CAA's history, right? And then he also was a Disney executive. And so, you know, like you watched Out of Shadows and, you know, we've talked about Disney's problems in Out of Shadows. And I, I'm, I know you watched my Slave Princess documentary as well, yeah. where I, I expose Britney Spears' corrupt conservatorship. But we, I also talk a lot about Disney and their problems with pedophilia. But more interesting with Disney is that we know that there's ties between Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and Disney. And most recently, like what we learned from some documents that were unsealed from the Virgin Islands lawsuit is that Jess Daly had exchanges with Jeffrey Epstein where he used code words that were Disney names. So for example, he used the code word Snow White and they also used the code word Beauty and the Beast. So it's just kind of interesting that, you know, we have this Disney connection. We know that Disney's had issues with pedophilia, like that's no secret. Um, there's also reports that Disney, D Disney Cruise Lines had an excursion day trip to um, Jeffrey Epstein's St. James, you know, pedophile islands. And, and, you know, furthermore, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell and her father had connections with Disney and did events and, you know, chair charitable um, things. There are pictures available on, on the internet, a lot of them are old, where you can see Ghislaine Maxwell at these Disney events. So, you know, it's Disney seems to be a theme here. And I don't know exactly for sure what to make of him. But the fact that he worked for CAA and Disney is, is highly interesting. Was there, well, I mean, the, the, the stories out of Disney are atrocious. They've been coming out for years. Uh, Nick Caterano, who is a Disney employee or was a Disney employee, but he just came forward right. about just the mask mandates and him losing his job. And he was trying to be a, you know, he was a server and it was ridiculously hot and he couldn't breathe. Um, this, the level of abuse that you've heard from Disney, my God, I was even groped by a Disney character one time when they took a picture came behind yeah. me and, and grabbed me in an inappropriate way. And it's on, I have the picture. <laughs> it's not right. like it's didn't happen. But um, the, the question I have is, you know, Disney sending cruises to Epstein Island, which is ostensibly a private island. What was the relationship there? What, how on earth would that even be a thing to do if it, Disney didn't actually own their own island? Why would they right. go to Epstein Island? What was the point of that? Right. And, and I don't know if, if, you know, the, the excursion just actually physically, you know, cause I, you know, I've done a lot of trips where you go snorkeling and, and you, you don't actually physically go on the Island. You, you know, you jump off the boat and you're parked close to the Island. So I don't know if that meant that people were actually physically like hanging out on the beach on little St. James, or if they were just snorkeling near it, but you're right. How, how would that even happen? Like, how would that even happen that, that, that would exist with the man that is, you know, a convicted pedophile because you know people forget that he was arrested back in 2006 mm -hmm. on you know for trafficking and pedophilia and and then he was arrested again before he was allegedly you know committed suicide in, in his jail cell but an, another do you think he um, committed suicide no, no. okay no. do you think he's alive no. or do you think he's dead 
Um, I, I, I definitely don't think that he committed suicide and I, I lean towards he's not dead. Okay. And the reason why I lean towards that he's not dead is because I analyzed the photos that came out of the prison of his alleged dead body. And when you zoom in on those photos, it does not look like him. It, like you look at the ears, they look like completely different ears. So why would they take a picture of a different body that's not his and say it's his unless you're trying to cover up the fact that maybe he's still alive? So obviously I can't prove that, but it, it didn't make sense to me that those photos of his alleged dead body did not look like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. So if he is alive, I guess the bigger question is how do you get out and where is he and who got him out? Money, 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 money. Guards were bribed or I don't know. I really don't know. But what you've heard today, I've heard that name about the uh, Pricklers, Pritzers, that's their name. I've heard that name before on uh, Redacted. We're living, we have some sick people living in this world and the world's gonna get worse. Um, France, I don't know if you've been in my last live stream, but France basically took away the age of consent so pervs could have a free-for-all. Uh, in Canada, the police under Kevin Trudeau have been ordered to hunt down pedophile hunters. Pedophile hunters are, you know, they hunt down pedophiles, they get information, um, they set up sting operations to catch child predators. Now those people are going to be arrested and pedophiles are going to be on the loose in Canada. We're in a sick world. So, And why is Ghislaine in, in prison if he's out? Right. And, 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 and could it, you know, if, if by chance he is alive, is he in some kind of witness protection? Did the good guys find out that they were going to try to suicide him and maybe they got him out and staged that whole thing or did his operatives because we know that he had tons of ties to intelligence agencies the bad guys from these intelligence agencies run up and 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 free him and you see it is, is the joke on us is he sitting on some other island right now you know just i don't know god i hope you know not. in disguise just living his best life i mean who knows i hope one day we we find out but there's there's a lot of inconsistencies with I mean, as everyone knows with how he died, you know, like, yeah, well, the whole story, the cameras went out, the, the, the two guards, uh, whatever, they fell asleep. They weren't there. I mean, there was just so many crazy things. Of course, cameras always fail. You know, right. it's sort of like Seth Rich, all the cameras in the neighborhood failed when Seth Rich was attacked and murdered. Oh, okay. That always seems well, to go that way. How is that? Exactly. Happening? Of course. And that's how you know that, 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 that there's clearly a cover-up, like there's something right. else happened than what we're telling us, and we know the media doesn't tell us the truth. So right. what else could have happened? He escaped, right. Right. or someone murdered him. Right. You know? So what's but going on with little James, St. James Island right now? I mean, what what is the current um, state? I've seen a lot of, you know, well, they, did, they, they sort of seem to take it apart, but what have, they, what have we learned from post-mortem of Jeffrey Epstein dying? Well, I, I do know that there's been a lot of... Um, I, I do know that Epstein's estate has settled a lot of lawsuits, not only with victims, but they also settled with the Virgin Islands. So like the people that manage his estate, 
um, are still uh, dealing with a ton of lawsuits. And a lot of those lawsuits are, are sealed, unfortunately. So we don't, I mean, there are a ton of victims that received money. Wow. And, the, and, you know, they're almost all of them are Jane Doe or it, the information about those lawsuits are sealed. And it's frustrating because I'd like to know how many victims there were. I'd like to know their ages, you know, like something interesting when I was reading this U U.S. Virgin Islands lawsuit that I had to read it a few times, but I hadn't heard this before. The lawsuit claims that Jeffrey Epstein forced some of his victims to marry some of his other victims to establish residency here. So what is what is that all about? Like, it didn't yeah. say that he, they were forced to marry his co-conspirators or clients. It said other victims. And I, I found that super strange. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyways, but one more thing I wanted to mention about the Disney Association is that in the 2015 lawsuit that Virginia Giuffre filed against Ghislaine Maxwell, when she named Prisker's name, she named other names. And one of those other names that she claimed she was forced to have sex with was former Senator George Mitchell. So he's a former Senator from Maine, but he also was an executive at Disney as well. Hmm. And so assuming that Virginia Giuffre's claims are a lot of these people work for Disney or have some tie to Disney. Some sick pedophile cult. Which I believe her. Um, you know, Michael Ovitz could have been subpoenaed because he had information on George Mitchell. I mean, who knows? But there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of Disney connections here. And that raises my eyebrows, right? Yeah. Well, it should. It should definitely raise your eyebrows because remember Roseanne Barr who was also trying to, you know, in her own way, blow the whistle, was fired from ABC Disney, right? So she's, right. she's getting her last yep. laugh now over there on Fox Nation right. for and, her. Right, and we also know that ABC, you know, squashed Amy Robach's story on yep. Jeffrey Epstein. And they squashed she, it. Which she had years and years. You know, so we know that the media has all um, been and, involved in protecting, and they're still protecting them because, you know, you know, you don't see anyone else talking about all these open source information facts about tom pritzker and his association with yeah. epstein so it's except, frustrating except we see you and you have all this published and documented on your Substack, which you published yes. already at liz crow hold up let's see that let's see that joe biden tra america's trafficker in chief analysis of how biden's administration is enabling and facilitating the evil business of child sex trafficking .substack.com. So we're going to have to let that be the final word, Liz, because we're out of time tonight. But it's, it's crazy what's going on in this world, man. It really is. The sick crap that's going on. All right. Um, it's a long live stream. Hope you, hopefully some of you will take an interest in it. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.